What is going on, people? Welcome to another new episode of Behind the Scene Podcast, Creators Corners Edition. My name is Dion Donovan. I write and create my own comics. Y'all can find me at Title Page Comics on Instagram and Facebook. And tonight's episode, we got a special guest in the house. We got Von L. Young from Millennial Comics. What's going on, man? What's good? What's good, man? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem, man. I just want to let the people know that you got a Kickstarter going on right now featuring your Delta Dog series. And why don't you let them know what you got going on with that and a little bit of synopsis of the Delta Dogs. Yeah, man, we rolling with this Kickstarter right now. We're already past goal and we're reaching, uh, we're trying to approach the the stretch goal of getting Temple High issue one, which is another indie creator, Black-owned comic, uh, Delta Dogs. That's that's the the fun the Kickstarter. Delta Dogs is about seven cousins, man, growing up in, in Virginia. One of the cousins being an ex gang member, uh, he basically is trying to change his ways and, and be a better light for his cousins. And now they their own superhero gang to fight back the gangs that that's ruling over Virginia. So so yeah, man, that that story has man been been deep in my heart, bro. We go so deep into. Just, just everything that has to do with uh, just being a, a, a black teen growing up in, in the streets, man. And I'm pretty sure just anybody can relate relate to it, man. You, you don't, you definitely don't have to be black to even relate to this story, man. It's, it's so, it's fun. The powers is crazy. The <laughs> the relations that <laughs> you have, you know, going back to that family dynamic is crazy, man. I'm, I'm just having a lot of fun with this comic book, man. I, I definitely want to keep it going, and this Kickstarter is definitely gonna help me do that. For sure, man, for sure. Because I got issues one through ten, and I just finished issue number nine, and man, whoo, man, <laughs> people, when I tell you, he brought the heat on the. This is a phenomenal series, dude. I love the kind of the the family dynamic of the cousins. You know, I love the the kind of like the game warfare, the inner turmoil of being a young black teen uh, living in America and living kind of in the hood and trying to get away with that, and the really just the relationships between the cousins, man. It's it's a, it's a, it's like a feel good feeling, a feel good moment, and you 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 really root for these guys who got the superpowers and are trying to manip maneuver through society in a positive light and trying to jump over those hurdles that usually come our way. You know what I'm saying? When you're trying to make it in this world, so dude, you're doing a phenomenal job with this comic book series and this Kickstarter, man. Congrats to get past you know funding and get into your your first stretch goal because. It's no joke, man. Kickstarters and, and marketing, dude, it takes a lot of work, man. It takes a lot of work. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man. What 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 advice before we get uh get on to the next part of the episode? What advice would you have for creators who are gonna do their first Kickstarters launching soon? Uh, let me see here. I'll say, of course, definitely have a video. Definitely have a video when you're when you're doing it. Always try to look at other people's successful kickstarter to see what works for them maybe it'll work mm -hmm. for you maybe you could come up with some different ideas to kind of to inspire you to you know create new stuff to do with kickstarter also reach out to some other creators that's actually doing kickstarters and and see what stuff that they need that they ran into the big you know basically like how, how should i how should i say this that basically kind of like messed up their funding as in like the shipping like maybe they caught uh yeah. they two less for for shipping and it's like they should have charged a little bit more and basically kind of canceled out the whole kickstarter once it was funded so stuff like that man 
the small stuff is really be be killing a lot of these campaigns. So definitely look out for that. Word, word. Hey, y'all heard it from the source, folks. So with that, let's get on to the episode. So before I even ask you the big question of the of the episode, I just want to give a little bit of historical context as, as to why we're even discussing this and why am I even bringing up this question? Because Black indie talent and Black comic books goes back a long way. In 1947, Oren Cromwell Evans took it upon himself to publish a company called All Negro Comics. His intentions was purely simple, to use the comic book medium to further highlight the splendid history of Negro journalism. The result of that is the single issue called All Negro Comics, which represents the first known comics magazine written and drawn solely by African-American writers and artists. Evans attempted to publish a second issue, but was unable to purchase the newsprint required. You can only imagine why. Further on, after All Negro's comics, we really didn't get another hint of that until 1971 with Leader Comics Group. And we have the first issue of Black Man, written and illustrated by Tom Floyd. This guy had vision when he came to his project because not only was he thinking of just doing Black Man, but he also had other various projects in the works called Riot, Brother Gone Mad, The Magnificent Black Woman, Narco, The Needle-Fingered Fiend, and John Henry Jones, The Greatest Worker to Ever Live. And Tom Floyd was also going to start his own comic universe, which is called World Leader Force. And the goal of Leader Comics was to promote a positive self-image greatly needed in the minority youth throughout the world. And the leader staff recognized the strong influence on having a group of heroes to direct a positive and educational message via comic books. None of those titles came out. We got one issue of Black Men, and that was that. Fast forward to 1993, we got the creation of Milestone Media, which formed the Milestone Comics Division. We got Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cowan, Michael Davis, and Darity Dingle. These guys are responsible for some of the most iconic Black characters out there, like Icon and Rocket, The Blood Syndicate, Hardware, and of course, the most popular creation they made, your boy Static Shock. I got almost every single one of his books, but go ahead. <laughs> oh man, dude, I, I'm I'm behind. I got I got to catch up, man. And and DC Comics they published their books, and you know history was made because for the most part they were the most successful black-owned, black-created kind of company ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, in '97, Milestone Comics folded, and a few of their characters lived on in some of the DC books. Now DC Comics currently owns their whole library in their Dakota universe. So that brings us to your year 2021, man. I know Milestone Reborn's coming out this summer. People are looking forward to that. That brings up a question, and my question for you is, could a new Milestone Comics be born from the indie scene? Could some new talent, some new fresh ideas be formed together with a group of individuals to form something that could potentially change the world in terms of the comic book medium. In, in a perfect world, yes. In the world we live in right now, no. Because, oh man, people, people, it's like it's like it's like just like you know with poverty, you got you got a low class and you got a high class. 
So the people that are really popular right now, which is the high class, the people who have a whole lot of followers, a whole lot of supporters, they're they're basically like, you know, again, the high class. And then the people that's just now starting out that has a lot of talent, a whole lot of potential, hasn't even reached their full potential yet and has a lot of growing to do, but still is on a nice path. All they need is some small bits of guidance. They're again, they're the low class and the high class and the low class do not apparently wants to work work together. And mm. it's like, man, it's we can definitely create something. I feel like and, and this is nothing against Marvel and DC. Marvel and DC, I'm still a big fan of both. Not to a lot of the newer stuff, but of course towards the older stuff like the nineties, um, early twenties. But anyways, so as far as the potential of the next generation of comics is there, man. I feel like it'd be just so much better than what it was back in the day with uh, the Silver Age, Golden Age of comics. But right now, we're just so stuck on, like, hey, of course, the whole fiasco with, man, like, I, I want to own this character, and I want... I want all the money and revenue from it. Like people just really being like selfish and not making any type of sacrifices to kind of like, Hey, look, you came up with a great character. Okay. You can keep the rights to your character, but let's, let's join the universe. Let's join companies. Let's, let's do all this stuff together and make those sacrifices. And, but the thing is everybody wants to get paid front hand, you know, like artists, mm-hmm. they want to get paid front hand writers, you know, they, uh, I, I can't even really speak because I'm a writer myself. I can't really speak on the writers, but <laughs> I don't want to sound biased. But again, from where I'm at right now, just like from like looking out with everything else that's going on, we're just at a standstill right now because again, people they want to get paid first and they don't want to like build. They don't want to build brick by brick by coming together and actually building up a universe. So we got these amazing artists that's drawing Marvel and DC characters, not working for Marvel and DC, but they're just drawing Marvel and DC characters just for fun, just for likes and stuff like that, where all that stuff could initially be drawn for the indie comics scene, where, again, just like Jim Lee, Tom McFarlane, like they did to create Image Comics, they just everything and they, they risked everything. Drop, drop Marvel, drop DC, DC, and they came up with their own company. And again, if they, if it wasn't for every single one of those guys, the seven, six guys that, that took the create image comics, they wouldn't have made it. You know, not just Todd McFarlane could create image comics. Not just Jim Lee, which he's like my favorite artist. He, he cannot just create image comics. It took all of them. So... Right. Like, they wasn't worrying about, well, I'm not going to say that I can't speak for them, but, it, again, they they put the dream first before they put the money. They and have I'm, the unity. Man, I'm just not seeing that, yo, in the, the today's age. Yeah, dude, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Those guys took a, it took a huge risk to form Image. Todd, Rob Liefeld, Eric Larson, Jim Lee, them, they were, these guys are at the top of their craft and decided to drop it all take a risk, but they moved in unison. They were a crew. They were a tight-knit crew. They all had their own characters. They all had that something different to bring to the table. 
And I mean, just from my observations in this indie scene, you're right. It is all kind of like about this is my character. This is my legacy. I want to get paid up front and I'm worried about copyrights and I'm worried about you trying to, you know, there's a little bit of a, I'm worried you trying to steal my, my character and steal my, my ideas and things like that. And there is a little bit of, I would say like friction between us as terms as creators. And I hear what you're saying kind of about the artists creating fan art, <laughs> Marvel and DC, constantly having tributes to you know well-established characters for likes and whatnot and that's great but also i mean these some of these guys have the power to highlight some of these indie characters to our audience that some of these guys don't even have let's just say you got someone who has like 100k plus followers on instagram and they just knock out constantly marvel dc work or whatever you know, yep. and there's an indie guy who's got maybe even 500, 1,000 followers. This dude can literally, this artist, him or her, can look at this person's catalog of characters and say, hey, this one looks pretty cool. They could do, they can do, a, you know, one image of that character, and boom, there's interest. Who's that? i never seen them before. Oh, that's such and such. You can go onto their page, and they got a book out right now. You know what I'm saying? but what's stopping them i feel like from my point of view man again from my point of view and and let me let me do a small disclosure uh any artists any writers they can do whatever they want to do it's their talent it's their time it's again it's their free choice so let's let's not let's not get it twisted but for the people who do want to continue push forward in the in the comic scene who do want to take it to the next level that wants to build that business that could be potentially bigger than Marvel and DC and themselves, then I'm talking to those people. So what stops them from, you know, going to somebody else's page, yo, they got some dope characters is like, look, they need to pay me for this character that I'm drawing. They need to pay me for that stuff. You know, like they, <laughs> Marvel and DC, <laughs> you know, to draw those characters and stuff like that. And I know they're trying to keep up with their followers, but again, man, like, what legacy can we leave behind? Seriously, what legacy can we leave behind that we drew the next costume for from Spider Man and that didn't even make it to the movie theaters? Like, let's 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 really try to think about this, man. I feel like if we take these these big risks, there's gonna be some big rewards, and I guarantee that we can succeed, man. Like these again, these hundred these artists or writers or you know just creators in general that has over 100,000 followers, that has over 50,000 followers, these big YouTubers, every, if everybody just came together, man, and just dropped that whole, the egos, man, we could, we could kill it out here in this game, man. And the thing is, the next Spider-Man could have been out here. The next Iron Man could have been out here. The next Hellboy, the, the next, you know, just potential Batman, Superman, all those characters could have been out by now if we all just work together because we can't do it alone. Let's, let's just accept that. <laughs> we cannot do it alone. Yeah, no, you're right, man. We can't, we can't do it alone for sure. It's, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. There is no, I'm making it by myself and I'm going to head straight to Hollywood and straight to the press and print and get thousands and thousands. And thousands. it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You definitely need, if you're ending up, you need networking, you need resources, you need connections, you need help. No one is a one man show in this thing. And the, the people who are supposedly indie who do it by themselves more than likely they were pros. They worked for Marvel. They worked for DC. They already established themselves 
on the professional side. Now they hit the indie side, and now they can get the 50K, 100K plus Kickstarter back books. But for the person who is just, you know, the average Joe Schmo who is just starting out, it takes it, it takes more. It definitely takes a different kind of effort to even get those kind of numbers on a Kickstarter or on your social media platform to get eyes on your project. Um, for sure, man, because I got I got I got kind of like a dream team here, man. I got <laughs> I got a dream team of a collaboration <laughs> of a couple creators and a couple companies, any companies that were if I feel like if they were to combine forces, if they if they would just come together, I think, man, I think they would definitely knock down some doors and, and get and get some shit done for real, for real. And, they, and you know, a couple of these I'm actually I'm pretty sure you probably know all of them. For the most part, I got okay. So I got for traditional, I got my American style books, and then I also have a manga division for this imprint. Okay. So yeah, so for the American style, I got I got three companies. Okay. First one, Sovereign Comics. Okay. Sovereign Comics. I love the look of their 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 titles, their characters. They have they're very professional. I believe the artists of a lot of a lot of their books work on Delta Dogs as well, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That 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 dude, like, he kills it, man. His brother Marvin Pavetta. They, yeah, the uh, dynamic duo, bro. Oh, the dynamic duo. Okay, my bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they nice with it. Yeah, man. I, I I really love their art style. Like that Temple High book. That that looks pretty cool, man. The Cipher Team stars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these are legit looking team up books that you could find like in your comic shop like for real you you slap dc and marvel on this joint instead of sovereign comics people would be like oh this is you know what i'm saying like it's that professional looking <laughs> like no <laughs> i said i said if you slap marvel and dc up there okay now we talking now now i can pick this up <laughs> <laughs> now i want it yeah yeah stamp of approval marvel dc automatic buy no, I like their presentation. I like the way they ship their books. They got like a sovereign comics like baggage when they ship their books. Yeah. Um, the website, the marketing, just everything just screams very like synchronized and professional looking. I think sovereign comics definitely in com- in combination with another company, Godhood Comics by Tyler Martin. Yeah. Dude, like the antagonists. Bruh. <laughs> I'm not waiting, man. That 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 series needs to be on Amazon Prime within a year. Like that should be on the bookshelves on every LCS in the country. Like that's just straight fire, man. The antagonist, a super villain, a black super villain family who were originally good guys, but you know were thwarted by kind of the ideals of america and kind of forced to be bad guys dude just just it writes itself man it, that... <laughs> <laughs> i'm not trying to get right right now but yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that and stuff like that is it it boosts my anger <laughs> of why this isn't on netflix yet like you don't even need a book it need to go directly to netflix <laughs> right directly all these other streaming services like stuff like that like i don't understand like i'm looking at the pages like they, they should easily have over hundreds of thousands of, of, of followers because again 
it looks amazing, man. It looks amazing. And they're not getting that notice like they should be, along with Sovereign Comics, you know, Temple High. Though. So it's crazy. And their other titles look phenomenal, too. Uh, Keisha Carter's Mega Woman, Sharpshooter, yeah. Galactic Patrol Delta. It looks like a phenomenal sci-fi book. Yeah. Team-up book. That's kind of like, a you know, like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of like thing but it they all look look great and phenomenal man and godhood comics sovereign comics that's almost like your your marvel that's like your marvel side right there right mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm gonna say for like the dc side of this black indie imprint i'm gonna go with concrete comics with uh lonzo star acolyte absolver odina andy starboy that's sci-fi too and uh the watchman yeah. Man, you 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 could divide up these companies and stories as like alternative universes. Like Concrete Comics would be 616 and God his ultimate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they 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 would have a cool dynamic, you know, team-ups, crossovers. All of them have distinctive styles and looks to their comic universes. Dude, and then plus you get a premier artist to illustrate these books like a Marcus Williams. Whoo! That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, all all we need, all we need is that big, that big name brand or that big following to be successful, man. Like again, if these, just any, just any page that has over a hundred thousand followers, just share one of them and instantly, like, or just just mention it, you know, or or, or a YouTuber that has. Of course, a, a good following that that all they do is talk about how uh, Marvel and DC they they're not doing these characters right, they're not doing this right. Like, I mean, at the same time, like it goes both ways. Like they can do whatever they want to do with their channel, but at the same time, Marvel and DC they can do whatever they want to do with their properties. So I mean, <laughs> I know it goes both ways. But at the same time, again, if we want to see change, we got to be that change, and we got to stop talking about it. You know, like writers, creators, like you and myself. You know, not only are we talking about the problems, but we're also trying to be about that change, you know. So, again, I I just challenge everybody out there that's listening in to let's let's not just complain about it, but let's do something about it. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I completely understand what you're talking about. The YouTube channels out there who are. Oh, my gosh. upset over what's going on and the quality control of Marvel and DC but it's like you said man if there was a unity between the YouTubers and the, the comic writers and the artists dude some major damage would be done man like imagine one of those you know what we not I know they couldn't want they don't want to do this because you know views and interests whatever it's like you know what don't want Marvel don't want DC they're shitty they're trash yada 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 I'm promoting indie books that are worth my attention that I actually buy and I actually like. And these are the book, these are the comic books you should be reading because comic books as a quality form of entertainment is dead in the mainstream. And this week we're featuring da 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 this comic, concrete comics, da 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 da, you know what I'm saying? Uh whoever else is out there, you know what I'm saying? 
it, it's a unity thing. It would be something like that where everyone's in sync with each other to help cross promote each other to get that audience to get those eyes on the projects that are being done right now. Yeah, I mean, all right, let's let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's let's take in a manga. I mean, I know we talked about this before, but how how the Japanese comics or aka manga, how they are built, they built they're just built different. How they succeed over there is just built different. You know, we over mm-hmm. here we're looking at just off of a comic book cover. We don't have to hear about nothing about the stories. We don't have to look inside the comic book to basically like just judge it, apparently. It's like, man, is it a black character in there? Is it is it a um, you know, a, a female lead character? You know, who's writing the book? Who's we call it like it's just all these different factors instead of just going in there. <laughs> like they don't even have color over there. You know what I'm saying? Like they <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just based off of the story, man. Not even the art. The art even comes second. Like I know you seen of course Hunter X Hunter. They didn't have the best art. Or even Attack on Titan didn't really have the best art. Like, yeah. again, the story is, is what leads over there in, in Japan. But over here, again, we're our whole uh, judging comics, it just it depends on everything but the story. But then as soon as they finally crack open the, the comic book, it has amazing art, it has amazing coloring, it's a female lead. And all these other stereotypes and stuff like that that they want to uh, get added in there, where we, we call it that. Basically, like it, the character has to be black, it has to be a woman, has to be gay, it has to be all these things, just so mm-hmm. they can open it up. Like, okay, okay, what, what we got? Okay, the story sucks. Now I'm gonna make a video, three hours long, complaining about it. Like, no, <laughs> just that you know what I'm saying. The, the pitch idea isn't. The front leader, yo, this is a gay character. You should buy it. No, the story is dope. And you should buy it. Like we gotta, we gotta change our morals of how we, how we start buying our, our products and stuff, man. And once we start with that, then we'll start seeing a whole bunch of amazing comic books coming to fruition. Yep, yep. I mean, I mean, speaking of manga, man, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead with my couple of my picks for a manga division. There's an individual called uh, Inferni, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name, Inferni Robinson. He's a writer and creator. He has his own manga series called Akai. And okay. it made history. It reached the top charts of the Rookie Shonen Jump Contest. Wow. It had over a million views. Over a million views. And it's in Japanese, too. It's in kanji. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the first black Makanga black title and self-published newbie to sit at the top of those charts. Five thousand copies sold worldwide without any translation. Joins on Amazon right now, man. It, it looks it has some cool visuals. I don't understand the story per se because of the you know it's in it's in Japanese whatever. But <laughs> man, this, he he killed it. This this guy, Fernie Robinson, man. He he definitely he's. You, you know, he's a brother just like us. He's definitely, he killed it, man. He has a new series out right now about a group of sisters in a double Dutch team. Yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, Niju Orando Go. My my Japanese is horrible, but come on now. It's a double Dutch manga. It's going to see. It don't matter if it's double Dutch or whatever. If it's good, I know this man wrote something fire, bro. Yeah. I know this man wrote some fire because it won't succeed over there if it, if it wasn't fire. So <laughs> I am interested. 
Right, man. And then you have someone like he he could definitely write some some heat. And then you have someone like Nicholas Drape Ivory, you know, you know, currently illustrating Milestone Reborn, relaunch of Static Shock. Yeah. He illustrated the Black Panther movie soundtrack cover. He had his own series of books called Dream Vesper. He he got some very famous viral artwork of race bended versions of Final Fantasy VII characters. He's he is like that one artist who said, "You want? Hey, I want to see like black manga style. I want to see manga with black characters." Like yeah. he is an artist online to do that style, you know. And uh, I think I mean him. The combination of those two together, they they could make some phenomenal, phenomenal books, man. I mean. I think they they could they could definitely make a mark in this industry. They, those two were able to tag team up for for something because I mean, like you said, the talent is there, man. The, the, all of the talent is out there right now, currently, just waiting to be kind of plucked for view. You know what I'm saying? Kind of everything. The seeds have been sown. You know, it's just it's just up to I guess buyers and eyes to 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 grow to grow these guys further up, so they can get up to the sky. <laughs> like Marvel and DC, or even halfway there, you know what I'm saying? I would say there's only one, say one company that's making strives to make it happen in that sense. And I think that would be Black Sands Entertainment, man. Oh my gosh, I cannot praise them enough, man. They are doing work. <laughs> if people, like, if it's, nope, if it's anybody out here that could really, like, say, hey, look, we got to step up our game, it's Black Sands. Because, again, they they can talk smack <laughs> and they can back it up like mm-hmm. okay yeah Marvel DC y'all not like what what is what are y'all doing you know what I'm saying well do your own thing okay well we will <laughs> and black sense they black sense they are doing it man they are also bringing up the creators even even me like I have I got um my stuff on their their black sense app like again mm-hmm. it, it mattered that I had over a hundred thousand followers it didn't matter that. You know what I'm saying? That um, I had like a, what do you call it? Like, just a minority. Um, what, what is it? People who, what, what, what stuff that that people want nowadays that really don't re- really retain to the story? Like again, like a gay lead or uh, uh, POC person of color or whatever SJW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like again, they didn't. It didn't matter about any of that. He came up to me saying like, "Yo, um, I heard about your story." Like, uh, as in he went to my my website, he read what the premise was, and it sounded dope to him. And then he just like, "Yo, we gotta do business." I was just like, "Word, let's let's do it." And bro, let me mind you, I don't even think I had a thousand followers yet on Instagram, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter to him because again, like I did, I was doing quality work, so. Stuff like that, man. That's how I know a lot of his stuff that's on this app is gonna be fire, just based off of how he approached me. So that's that's the stuff, man, that we need to start following. It's not because like, oh, this is Wolverine, it's gonna be dope, no. Oh, this right. app <laughs> is gonna be dope. No. Let's let's start actually stepping out there, taking risks because Black Sands, they're taking a huge risk. Let's be real. They take they're taking a huge risk. They're taking on all these different creators and they're putting their necks out there. But at the same time, I will never forget about this company. Whether they um God forbid they fail or not, uh, they succeed, whatever, I will never forget about this company. The company that 
that stood out there. You know what I'm saying? That stood against Marvel and DC, against Hollywood. I don't care how they market. I don't care. They keep asking for money. It takes money to do it. If people keep complaining about, yeah, they all they do is ask for your money, bro. It takes money to do what they're doing. They're doing whatever way they can to basically just like, look, let's color this character black just so we can sell these comics and stuff because we need the money and stuff. Like they're doing whatever they need to do to get your money. Black Sands are is basically just trying to build their foundation so they can support people like us. So again. We gotta stop. We gotta stop thinking in the most negative way possible. Uh, I'm pretty sure somebody out there that's listening, they're taking every single word I, I say, and they're just saying the c word. Oh, I'm not sure if you, if I can say it on your channel, but they're saying the, the c word all every time they hear words come out my mouth. Like, yo, he's the c word. He's the c word. He's the c word. People that that that's black, they know what I'm talking about when I say the c word. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's cool, man. We we unfiltered on him. Yeah, you can say it, you can say it, man. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, he cold up over there, like, nah, bro, chill. I'm just trying to, I'm just expecting better from the black community, man, because we have so much potential, and it's like we're limiting ourselves. Like, look, you just need to go sign a deal with Marvel and DC so they can own your tail, and then and then we'll start support, um, buying your comics. Just like a YouTuber I reached out to, he said, look, you know, he's only buying comics from the comic book stores. Well, I hope you know that a lot of the comic book stores don't accept content like mine. You know, so how in the world right. we get to the comic book stores? So it's like, man, like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta drop those gatekeeping myths or whatever. Like, look, I'm only buying mm -hmm. this, this and that. Just buy it because of the story. Just buy it because of the passion that's in there. You know, like we. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm just ranting right now. Let me try. No, no. <laughs> no you're good, man. <laughs> you're Go good ahead. because I mean, Black Sands Entertainment. You let me know who else is doing the same things that they're doing. They're actually hiring black talent. They're hiring black books. They're publishing. They're giving the word out to other unknown creators whose books are phenomenal. They're great, but they just haven't had eyes on it yet. They got their own app. They're like, you know what? Forget the webtoons thing. We're gonna make our own app so we could have all black talent, all black books on our app, and you can get it straight from the source with us. They're building their own app, their Patreon. They have, they're they're starting animation. They're doing videos. They got hardcover books on Amazon. The Seven Kingdom looks great. Everything is phenomenal. It's pristine. This the the owner. He <laughs> this dude is a G man. He will he will go live and he will just <laughs> he will just tell it how it is, man. And you just be entranced by it, you know. People say he's talking junk, but it's not junk. It's the truth, you know. He's talking smack, but rightfully so. He's got the numbers. Yeah, he's got the books. He's got the the credence to back it up. You know what I'm saying? Like the, this dude is is doing it real time. Get out, boy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's doing it real time, man. Like how how can you not how can you not at least be like, you know what, let me let me grab a book. Let me let me try to see what's going on here. Let me try to at least showcase like they're the only ones putting the foot out there, like like the head out there, like you said, and are really trying to hire and highlight the best of what's going on going on right now in the black any talent as, as best as they can. And I don't see how you can fault them for that. I mean, I invest. I, I gave them, you know, I think like two fifty for investment because I want to see them succeed. I want to see them as a whole go forward. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's. I'd be proud to be like, hey, I invested in this company, and now they're at such and such. And like, well, what about? I'm not even concerned about returns. I'm just concerned about having them 
reach that plateau so you know people like us can have our stories told in a more accessible way rather than going through all the gatekeeping all the barriers <laughs> all yeah. the hurdles you know what i'm saying black sands is, is is they're 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 knocking down them walls man and they're the only ones on the forefront or who's really kind of doing those things on the real tip I've seen, I mean, I've seen Concrete and Godhood, they network with each other. I see them do like clubhouse um, kind of meetings to like copyrights and how to write a comic. They're doing some great work too of networking and kind of giving back to say, hey, this is how you can write a comic. Hey, this is how you get your copyrights done. Hey, this is how you get this and this and that done. Trust, I mean, there are other companies and other talent that's doing these things as well, but as an overall package, they run in laps. They overlap in people. <laughs> they're over. They're running laps around others, and they actually have the fists up front, leading the way, man. So I, I got to give props to Black Sands. I don't see how you couldn't give props to Black Sands after all the work that they've done. It's, it's like you said, man. It's definitely going to take unity, and you know, ego. Ego has to go out the door. I think a lot of ego would have to go out the door in collaboration, and we may not. It has to be, you know, like like a one mission, you know, like one team, one fight sort of appeal, like how Milestone did it, like how Image did it, how, hell, even early Marvel DC, Stanley, Kirby, Steve Ditko and them, they had like a one team, one fight kind of thing going on, you know, to propel and create all these, you know, majestic, magnificent characters and legacies that they had going on, you know, so... Division is not a good thing. Division is like some of the worst things I see is like if, like creators just fighting each other. It's like why? It's, it's like why? There's so many other hurdles and there's so many things to do. So why waste your other your energy beefing with each other? And luckily, I haven't seen too much of that, but it it does happen, man. It does. So I just like to let people know. There's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why we're not succeeding right now, man. It's a clear reason why we're not getting no, no new characters. Mm-hmm. They're fashion old characters and stuff like that. There, there's a reason for all that, man. And it really starts with us. So as soon as we change the way we thought, we we think, the way how we we buy our content and stuff like that, we're just not gonna change, man, until we change it. So I know it's kind of hard to kind of. Look at yourself and like, all right, yeah, that was my fault. Um, I need to step up my game. I know it's hard to do that, but as soon as we do that, <laughs> we can go so much further than where we at right now, man. There's so many characters that's not being made that's dope as I don't know what. That you know what I'm saying that we can really just have have out there, bro. Like that can get a Netflix series, that can get a, a Hulu series or or HBO series, like. Bruh, there's so many characters out there, man. But as soon as we change the way we thinking, the sooner we can get them. Let's just say, in these black communities and circles throughout the internet, you have a community of fans who made a culture to purchase books and characters that look like them. You know, there's a culture to buy the latest issue of Batman because of a black Robin or a new black female villain. I think the latest one was like Miss Rose or something like that. And like... It was being promoted. Hey, buy this book. There's a new black female villain in this new Batman book. Buy two copies physically and don't open both of them and buy one digitally so you can read it. You know, there's like, there's a culture and and there's positives to these groups because there's information and knowledge bits being spread. There's, you know, there's a sharing of like companionship. Like, hey, we all have similar interests. We all can talk to each other. 
and some of them are changing for the better. Some of them are highlighting some more of the indie talent. But what I don't want to hear is in 15 to 30 years from now, what I don't want to see is the name is see us in the same fate as Tom Floyd's Black Man and his oh. world leader for superhero universe. You know, yeah. happening to a majority of our Black indie talent in, in the current year 2021. Uh, every day, we as consumers, collectors, and fans. We have an opportunity to prevent that heartbreaking loss of representation with our dollars. Like, I don't want to see such a, like 20, 30 years from now, such and such book was on Kickstarter in 2020, and this company only produced 500 copies printed. Now this book is worth five figures, so go out there and buy it now because it's worth five figures. So, go ahead. No, you good. Uh, like <laughs> this, this like with the whole uh, uh, what is it, Ebon? I know, I know you heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard some. I saw some posts about that and some videos about Ebon. Yeah, like just stuff like that. Stuff like what you just said with Black Man. Like if we just showed that same energy as soon as they came out, that would have been a wrap. Right. <laughs> a wrap. But right now, it's like, man, the only reason I'm buying it, not because it's good or not because I want to support the creator, but because I want to, I want to cash out. Like, <laughs> I want to cash out. <laughs> we, again, you're not, we're not going to get nowhere with that. We're not going to get nowhere with that. But go go ahead, bro. I ain't mean it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good, man. It's like that. It's like inside baseball. Like, I know something you don't know. I got this $5,000 value book for five bucks because you didn't know it was worth that much. You know what I'm saying? Or it's just like this guy, he had vision. He was going to do, he had steel essentially. John Henry was steel ball head, black man with a, with a hammer, wow. you know, like that's steel. That's DC steel. He had came out with his book. I think like a year before Luke cage. So like, imagine if that would, if that book, got the support it deserved and needed think about how fondly we think of luke cage and black panther and storm and and black lightning we might have had the same feeling towards black man we might have had the same feeling towards was his prey like all the characters that he created we could have had the same regard as them and that legacy could have continued past the 70s into the 80s maybe into the 90s you know so it's such a weird culture to like, not a weird culture. It's a weird thing to keep promoting new Marvel, new DC automatically get your dollars because they got a first appearance of a black character. Yet you have black owned and black created products every single day being released. And you don't even put your eyes on it because it's not Marvel or DC. And I know a part of it is, you know, you've been collecting as a kid you know, it's been 20, 30 years. You buy comic books, Marvel, DC. I, I used to be the same thing. Well, I'm only buying Marvel. I'll, do, I'll buy a little bit of DC, but Marvel's the only one I fuck with because they're Marvel. And then slowly, I kind of grew out of that. And it's just, you know, this information age. Just imagine how these guys wish they had the internet and technology, how we connect with each other. Economically, we're at, you know, we're kind of like the highest we've ever been in this country as well. So you mean to tell me as a fan, as a black fan of black characters and and having our representation and having communication, this information age and this social media age where we're all connected with each other and you have an opportunity as collectively to change something 
and you ignore it only 20, 30 years later to say, hey, look, I got it. And the after fact of it all, that's <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> you know, say that's that's just not going to work. So, I mean, let's let's just keep turning around to to Japan. Like, yeah. so. So let, let's let's take the same logic that we take over here with Marvel and DC. That all we want to do is support Superman, Batman, Spider Man, and so on. The the OGs of comics. So the OG of of manga and stuff like Moroni Kitchen. Like we only supporting Moroni Kitchen, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z, Gundam, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Everything else we're not we're not supporting. You know what I'm saying? So you, we wouldn't get the One Piece. We wouldn't get the Hunter X Hunter. We we wouldn't get the Demon Slayer that does that's done. We get none of those characters because again they're they're all indie people. So we <laughs> Damn. you know so so then what? You know what I'm saying? Then what? Let's just take that same that same energy and carry it over there to Japan and operate how they operate. You know, like hey, you know, we might not have gotten that uh what's what's the, what's another new attack we wouldn't have got that attack on Titan. But I got that first edition of Dragon Ball Z number one, like, dang, <laughs> 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 <Hey>, bro. <laughs> yeah, I only fuck with Shonen Jump. That's not, if it ain't in Shonen Jump, it don't matter. It don't count. It's not even manga. It's not in Shonen Jump. Like they only they taking the safe, just like Marvel and DC. They taking the safe. They only doing the ones that was successful back in the eighties mm-hmm. or whatever. So. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right, man. We're missing out on a lot of stories and and opportunities and legacies just based on a buyer's bias or, or just, you know, just marketing, just branding and marketing. And like you said, who knows what we're missing because we're not willing to take a chance on something. And who knows the opportunities that are missed because we can't come together collectively as a group to try yeah. to push everyone forward together instead of just one making it out of a million. You know what I'm saying? Hell, five to ten is better than the one. So, man, well, my closing sentiments and all this for all you creators out there, y'all keep doing your thing, keep fighting, keep trying, keep creating, keep making your visions come to life because it's needed. It's fresh ideas, fresh perspectives is needed. And I know it's a hard fight, especially if you're just starting out, but we need the indie talent to, to shine. We need the indie, indie talent to come through so that we can have some stories of relevancy and characters and fresh perspectives. Yeah, man. And also to any to anybody out there that's listening, if you're an artist, if you're, you're a writer, let's, let's come together, man. Let's come together. Let's stop fighting individually. You know, let's, let's fight together. Let's, let's create together. Let's let's have some fun. Let's let's make the future. Let's get it. There's been a thing, man, I've been noticing, Vonnell, about the comic book industry and the book industry. And that this is the observation I've made is that in comparison to when a novel gets adapted onto the big screen, the original author gets a huge boost in terms of status and professional esteem. We know the J.K. Rowlands, the Stephanie Meyer, Stephen King, J.R. Tolkien, Michael Christian. We know these guys because their books are adapted to the big screen. And in comparison to comic books, that's a far cry. You look at Jim Starling and Thanos. Thanos is one of the most popular pop culture villains of all time, thanks to Infinity War and Endgame. 
Yeah. But nobody knows who the hell Jim Starlin is. In comparison to Darth Vader, people know, oh, George Lucas made Darth Vader. In comparison to a Lord Voldemort, oh, J.K. Rowling, she made Lord Voldemort. You know, like, Sauron. You know, like, all these other great villains. People know who made them. And you look at Jim Starlin, his relationship with the character, how he feels very uh, conflicted about it. Because on one hand, that's kind of like his baby. Yeah. And on the other hand, Marvel and the Marvel didn't really give him the proper recognition he deserved, and also the, the proper pay for his um, for his creation of Thanos. And we also look at the Winter Soldier creator, uh, Ed Brubaker. Apparently, had to attend the premiere in the Overflow Theater of Civil War as opposed to making a big theater with the big stars. And also, the team who reinvent base, and also. They didn't even get an invite to the after party. <laughs> they had to text Sebastian Stan that actually plays the Winter Soldier to get them in. And in quote, dating, I remember sitting in that movie and just remembering that Jack Kirby ulcer growing in my stomach going, this is what it felt like, kid. When I see ads for the show, it actually makes me feel sick to my stomach. When I work with people, I try to give them the best deal possible. If something ends up being a bigger thing, I try to actually adjust their deals so they can take part in that too. And for him, appearing in the Winter Soldier film for a brief cameo makes him more royalties than actually co-creating the character. That is freaking nuts. At the same time, if they did it to somebody somebody like Stan Lee or, or Jack Kirby, bro, I'm pretty sure <laughs> they do not mind doing it to people, to people like, like this guy or, or the next. So... <laughs> Like I mean, that's that's what you get, man. Where where it goes to like Marvel and and I, I can't really say too much about DC, but I I just know I've seen a lot of these big cases with Marvel, and it's like man, like it, this is a tough game in the comics community, bro. It is a tough game. It is, man. I mean, my question to you is why don't comic book creators get the respect they deserve? Uh, for real, for real. I never thought about it until until today when you when you just broke broke it up. Um, damn. So this it really just woke me up. Like <laughs> this is completely right. <laughs> so I don't, I don't even know where to start. Like I, I don't I don't understand exactly why we get mistreated. I don't understand where that energy comes from, and maybe it's just the community in general of what happened in the in the past when it comes to. Well, first of all. You do have two big companies. You do have like a, I'm not going to say a monopoly, but kind of like a monopoly <laughs> between yeah, these, uh, these two companies. So it's either you get through, either you become famous between these two companies and they own your stuff, or you just don't become famous at all because nobody else is going to buy you. You see what I'm saying? So mm. it's like they're all stuck in a, in a tight spot where it's like, man, like I'm pretty sure even. When it comes to Venom, um, I'm pretty sure is, is Tom McFarlane getting anything for Venom every time they showcase him, or the I guy who did the actual black costume for Black Spider-Man? I mean, oh, I'm sorry, uh, well Peter Parker that wore, wore the the black symbiote suit. So like, did he get any like, you know, royalties for that? So it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's why he made Image. Yeah, like <laughs> you gotta go to the image. <laughs> if you want to get stuff like that, you gotta go to the image. You gotta support 
exactly the people who you know who has the, the same uh, morals as you. Image they they let everybody keep their their rights. So image is like the first per- the people that I'll go to. If I did have to basically go to a big company, it'd definitely be Image, not not Marvel and DC, because I see how they doing Jack Kirby, I see how they doing Stanley, mm. I see how they doing mm-hmm. people like these other creators. So it's like, no, nah, it's a no brainer for me. I'm not. They're not getting my support. Dog, you look at Stanley. Like Stanley was in a lawsuit against him for money. Stan freaking Lee was in a lawsuit against Marvel for money. Well, and Stan Lee was the same person when I was a kid. <laughs> I was thinking they the same people. And when I heard about that, I was just like, what? How, do you... How does that work? <laughs> well, it's it's crazy. It's like you said, if they did that to Stan Lee, just imagine the thousands of other writers and creators out there who've made these characters, how they get treated. If Stan Lee had to go to court to get what was due to him somewhat, you know, and Jack Kirby and their family, his family, what they had to do to get proper recognition of Jack Kirby, you know, the king, the king of comics, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just a, it's a culture of ripping off comic book creators. It's a culture of looking at us as like, sort of like schmucks, you know what I'm saying? Like you made it, but I'm going to take what you made and make millions off it because you're you're almost like like you're not valued you look at the superman creators and the hell they had to go through like (laughs) they were that was highway robbery of the superman character and then the royalties for the superman movie with christopher reeve look that that was a long ass process to get those guys their money and what, what was due to them and still what was settled was not even close to how much money superman has made for warner brothers and dc comics from the 1940s and up is it it a question of is it a marvel dc type of uh issue or is it a community issue because i mean because i know image comics is like the the (laughs) the white knight out of all of them but now of course you have these other uh these other small companies but at the same time is this a Marvel and DC issue, or is this a, a comic book as a um, comic book industry as a whole issue? Oh shit! You know that's a good question. That is a very good question. I feel like, based on what I've seen, I think it's actually more Marvel and DC because I feel like like V for Vendetta, like that's Alan Moore. Like I feel like. These other companies at least have a little bit more recognition for the creator. Well, like you said, Image Comics, right? The Walking yeah. Dead. Robert Kirkman, that dude is on the promo tours. That dude is on, <laughs> you know, he, he's with the cast and crew. Like, he's, his face is prominently shown, you know, as much as possible with that show. I forgot, like, the there's a little bit more importance on who made what when it comes to image comics. And that's why the company was made. And you look at Marvel and DC, you think about who made what most people think Stan Lee made like everybody, right? Stanley was a genius, like marketing and creator, but most people think it's just the brand. There's a, there's a push that it's like the brand is what makes the character, not a person. So I think there's that distinction, like, 
oh, Marvel made Deadpool. Rob Liefeld didn't make Deadpool. Marvel made Deadpool. The company made the character. There's like that push that yeah. it's a brand that makes the character, not the person, not a person, not, not, you know, they feel like you almost feel like the average person thinks like it's a board of committee <laughs> that makes these wow. characters. I mean, to a certain extent, that's true too, but you know, most people think it's a board of committee that makes these decisions to make something. And that's not generally the case with a lot of these characters. Broken system, man. These guys are kind of having like poverty income, you know what I'm saying? Like like minimum wage type income. Like they're not getting exactly not getting paid as much as I think we think that they are. So I think it's just like a care. It seems like the system. The system is bigger than the individual. Like we could take out the an individual gear, put another gear in there, and the system will work because we built this machine so this machine so well that it, it like it can operate with any interchangeable pieces you know what i'm saying yeah i think that's the difference i think it's a marvel dc thing more so than a comic book industry thing when it terms when it when it comes terms to giving these creators credit for what they've done because it's, it's just no comparison you have an author for a book and the book makes it on the big screen now you know about the author and you know these comic book characters you just know about the brand you don't know who exactly made you know what i'm saying christopher nolan did the dark knight and some of that's based on the long halloween they don't you don't know who wrote the long halloween you know it's christopher nolan's dark knight Good you know Lord. what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's so messed up man all these all these creators I, I feel so sorry for them but at the end of the day it's like people support marvel and dc and they don't know so many like they don't see the, the darkness behind these companies, but hopefully when people finally wake up and actually see, like, these creators of what they don't have, like, the deals that's that's being cut and the small percentage where it's like, yo, these are minimum wage people that's, like, barely surviving. Like, just, just, imagine, uh, just imagine the people who did create Thanos and these other amazing characters like the Winter Soldier and so on. Like, just imagine they did get what they needed, um, where they didn't have to worry about the next bills and stuff like that. They just only focus on other characters that they want to explore, and they didn't have to worry about money. They didn't have to worry about them owning whatever characters. They could just freely create without that stress. I'm pretty sure we got another somewhat Thanos um, on the aspect of this character is just as good as Thanos, or this character is just as good as Winter Story, um, the Winter Soldier, because of their story. Yeah. But right now, it's just like, man, yo, you guys gonna suck these guys dry? And it's like, man, these, like, just like you said, this dude is sick to his stomach, man. Like, what type of writer can really work in that underneath underneath that condition? So it's like, man, I just wish these guys would would got treated better. So they can produce more work like the Winter Soldier or Thanos or and so on. Mm, right, right, man. Because if you think about it on the back end of this whole ordeal, if you know as a creator, I work for Marvel and DC, I'm doing this kind of just to build myself a little bit of a platform to move on to the indie scene. If you know the past history of how this company operates, why would you make anything new? You know what I'm saying? Why would you make something new 
and give Marvel and DC a new hit and know that you're not going to get paid for it. Yeah. So what do you do? You reuse previous characters and you transform them, you morph them, you change them into something else so that you don't give them kind of like your best idea. You know, you don't give them your best work because you know that you're not going to get paid exactly f- full for it. So yeah. and on the back end, it's messing up the quality of the books because these these creators are smart enough to the game to know like, hey, I'm not going to make something new and amazing. Fuck that. I'm going to just rework Batman or rework Batgirl into something else because I know that I'm not going to get properly paid for the new character that I create. So I think on the back end is is messing up the quality of these books. And I think everyone's complaining about all Marvel and DC brand ideas and all why isn't there something new and new and such? Well, because of the treatment of the creators, the treatment of the the talent, it's the treatment yeah. of everybody who's creating these things. And mm-hmm. the big heads, man, the big heads ain't looking at it like that. And in the end, they could be squeezing their own pennies by not giving them their proper due in the long run. You know, you you just it's like milking milking out the big the big stuff, the Supermans, your Batman's, your Wolverines, your X Men's, your Spider Man's, and all this and this and that. And it's worked for the last 40, 60 years. Can it run for another 100? I don't know. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I don't know, cool. man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the same time, um, let's, let's, let's try to take it back. Uh, I'm not trying to be on nobody's side, but I do want to call, call out, well, yo, that's, no, that was a, that was a bad, per- <laughs> that was a bad move. Like, don't do that. <laughs> but I will call out, on the perspective of Marvel and DC, that a they can't pay went the dude who made Winter Soldier or these other creators as much as they want because they're so successful because we don't know how the the wages how the balance in the books are we don't we don't know you know mm-hmm. we we can say like hey look we want to pay you all this stuff and they might want to pay them all that stuff but they probably can't because again their budget and stuff like that and you know royalties and all that other good stuff. But at the same time, though, <laughs> you, if you want quality work, then you got to, you know what I'm saying, you got to dish out that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got to cut wherever you need to cut at to make sure that you guys are in well standing with these creators and stuff like that. So, yes, there is an argument to be made of how much can they really pay every single creator that, that came across them. Um, throwing out characters like Deadpool or the Winter Soldier and so on and so on. Um, because again, like say you made a Winter Soldier movie and you got to pay like 10, 20%, 30% of all revenue to that creator who originally did Winter Soldier. It's like, man, like the other people who brung up Winter Soldier with the, the campaigns, the, the promotion and all this other stuff, it's going to be a really, really tight budget <laughs> to actually you know what I'm saying, uh, continue to fund stuff like the Winter Soldier. So I can see yeah. as far as that goes, they're trying to, you know, just really try to think on the outside of the box. But at the same time, it's like, man, like, we got to do, we got to come up with something better. These are multi-billion dollar companies that doesn't have solutions to these type of things where you can hire people who does this stuff all the time. I'm pretty sure there's a solution out there. So <clears throat> we we gotta start treating these creators better, man. Um, and if and if stuff like this is continuing to still happen, we gotta stop supporting it. 
you know, support the stuff that you actually agree on, you know, support it. If you don't agree how Marvel and DC is, is running their stuff, then, hey, look, you're going to have to leave Batman. You're going to have to leave Spider-Man alone. <laughs> There's other oh, great- hell no. <laughs> No, I know everybody like that. Get that. (laughs) But hey, there's other characters out there that will sustain or suffice until Marvel and DC get their stuff together. But right now, a message needs to be sent ASAP. Yesterday, last year, decades ago, that this stuff cannot fly because these are people we're talking about. These are again, his baby got snatched away from him. And he's barely getting paid for any of that stuff. It's like, yo, <laughs> that's, that's heartbreaking, man. As a creator, like, just imagine if uh, my creation, of course, is Delta Dogs. Just imagine if Delta Dogs got snatched away and I'm only getting, like, maybe $1,000 a month while this Delta Dog series is getting, is making, like, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, I'll be pretty upset. And the next thing you know, they won't invite me to the movie theaters. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'll be pretty upset, man. I'll be pretty upset. Like, they don't even know who I am. You know, just like a black guy living in America, like, yo, I done built this whole country, and I'm still not getting nothing. Like, I'm still living in poverty. I'm still living paycheck to paycheck, and I'm still getting pulled over for no reason, and most likely I get shot. Like, that's that's really how I feel. Like, I mean, of course, I'm not going to really compare that stuff to what we go through, but it's... It's like, yo, we put in the work and we still we still live in harsh lives. Like it, yeah. it's not a good feeling either way. It's not, yeah. not a good feeling feeling either way. So Yeah, man. And on some real shit, how many of the the veterans, right? Your Todd McFarlands, your Alan Moore's, your you know, your uh Christopher Priest, your oh your your old hats, right? You know, yeah. your, your veterans, how many of them actually speak positive over the working relationships of Marvel and DC. I mean, uh, let's do I, got I got Google. <laughs> I, I just hit up dude. Yahoo. Maybe they know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, from my observation, I find most of them have a bitter resentment working with these two companies after they leave. And I can't really entirely blame them for that just because of the treatment that they've had. These guys built these dynasties. Like, like Infinity War and Endgame are like the top biggest things ever in pop culture. Yeah. And the fact that you're not getting any kind of recognition for the billions of dollars made off, like the legacy made off that, that's... that's the, I would feel the exact same way about like how Jim Stalin feels about Thanos or how the creator of Winter Soldier feels about him or any of these creations. So we've definitely got to do a little bit better of recognizing who is actually bringing this entertainment to and kind of differentiating between the brand and the people who work for the brand, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I mean... Shoot, I know we talked about this before, but just just overall, overall leaving these type of uh, stuff in place where it's like, okay, look, if you're gonna go with us, as in Marvel and DC, if you're gonna go with us, we gotta own the character. We gotta, we're only gonna be paying you this tiny bit, you know. So 
if you're if we're under the impression of this is how they operate, this you know what I'm saying stop going there. Just like uh, uh just like McDonald's or just any other bad corporation that that's <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I ain't mean to call. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to talk back about your McDonald's, but I don't go to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the reason I don't go up there is because every time I go up there, you see that I'm getting treated bad. There's um two one or two cockroaches in my sandwich. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's terrible. So I'm just not gonna go up there no more. So just like with Marvel and DC, like if I come up with this amazing character and it's like, look, man, we're not gonna pay you nine but one percent of what you deserve. So like I'm just not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna be creating for them. I'm not gonna work for them anymore. You know, I'm just gonna start supporting the people who actually cares about the creator, like Image Comics or these other um smaller industries, like. I, I I just think that we need to, again come together and start actually caring and having value, um, self value within uh, the comic book community. As in, hey, look, if you come up with this dope character, either come up, uh, join this industry that actually match your value, or you can't complain when you start going towards these other big companies like Marvel and DC, when you get your character taken away, you can't complain about those things because, um, oh man, it's hard. It's hard to even, <laughs> it's a touchy oh, subject. You're good, man. <laughs> the Winter Soldier and, and Thanos and stuff like that, man, like they got done dirty and I'm pretty sure it was a different time back then. Um, but as far as right now, man, we know what Marvel and DC, we know what they're about and we got to start being accountable. Like, look, if you see people get done dirty, well, you got to switch things up because, you know, got you once, shame on them, got you twice, shame, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> shame on you. So, you know what I'm saying, a whole lot of people got got by Marvel and DC. So, we need to start moving forward, going with people like Image Comics, Boom, and all these other companies where it's like they're treating their actual creators like they're actual somebodies that's actually putting their name on their books and stuff like that. And we just need to move forward with that and start actually supporting and buying those type of books and giving them an actual try, you know? And, yeah, it's just, that, I mean, that brings us to our next topic, man, because there was a meme that was being uh, thrown around the internet. Not a meme, but a viral post about someone who was black saying, I want to see black people fight slaying dragons, performing magic, and fighting aliens. Um, to the fact of I'm sick of us dealing only with racism in our storylines. And in this comic book group that we were in, someone posted that they're kind of sick of seeing that too. And they were basically asking, can you have a black superhero who doesn't directly address racism? What was your reaction to that post and seeing what you saw? Typically with those they really go off topic a lot of times. <laughs> they always typically go off topic. And the stuff I was seeing in there, it didn't really address what he was talking about and basically just calling that man a coon and all this other stuff, <laughs> which they had nothing to do of the answers he was looking for. But what I personally think about that is that it's like, it's more of money. Like everybody's looking for money. Like the, the big, the big cash grab and stuff like that. So apparently, and again, I could be wrong, 
but from my perspective, this is what it is to me, is that Black Lives Matter is a cash grab. Like, I know what they're trying to do and the movement and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, looking at the corporations and stuff like that, if we slap Black Lives Matter on the joint, then look, (laughs) we're going to be good to go. We're going to make all these videos and all this other stuff. So, like, going back to your question of, like, can we really, like, make a comic book? So, saying, uh, you know, again, all you need is the Black Lives Matter stamp on it to make sales and stuff like that. So, the question is, do you, can you survive without that? <laughs> without talking about slavery, without talking about Black person being in poverty and stuff like that, and all the other stuff that basically like we're depicted at in the media they wouldn't see it as a profit <laughs> they wouldn't it wouldn't be a profit for them you know mm-hmm. uh, to have a, a a black person slaying a dragon isn't too big of a profit for them so <laughs> that's what i'm seeing in the in the industry where it's like man all, all I want to do is be uh king of the powers all i want to do is be the king of games and stuff like that or but it's like, no, nah, it's that's not profitable, uh, profitable for us because again, we need uh, Black Lives Matter stamp on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's really kind of what it comes down to from my perspective. Because again, Marvel and DC, they're about business. You know, uh, what, what's going to sell? So again, just taking a regular story, and it's like, man, it's like, okay, this dude is so happily just to be black. And, you know, he's trying to save the world or he's trying to fight for his galaxy or he's trying to uh, build a nation or or something like that. Something crazy. That's really not going to really come out in the industry. I feel like because, again, we need that something to deal with uh, Black Lives Matter, something to do with like slavery or all this other that's talking about our pain and stuff like that. That's what's going to and it's really for real, for real. The numbers it, it kind of show. <laughs> it, I ain't, I'm being real with you. It, it kind of show because um, I see a lot of comic books that's amazing books that has nothing to do with slavery and all that other the, all the other stuff, and they're they're not doing too good. But the people who are are keep going towards again the the typical stuff that media allows to be broadcast, they're, they're being successful. So, like, seriously, is that what people want? Seriously, you know, like, people talk a good game, but when it comes to going to the comic book shop and looking looking at um, the books that's on the shelves, are you going to seriously pick the people, um, the one that, that's not talking about slavery and all our pain and stuff versus the one that's talking about... Um, you know, just saving the world. <laughs> not because they're black, not because of all this other stuff, but because they're just trying to save the world and they so happen to be black. Like, seriously, are you going to really pick that up? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's a telling sign. We, like, we mentioned before, prior in, in the behind-the-scenes episode, my boy Jackson said that, why is pain always the... Why is pain always the ticket, like, the, the entryway my attention grabber into buying a product as a black person, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like 
it's almost now to the point where it's, it's kind of dangerous where that's the only way I can relate to a black characters. If they deal with racism and if they deal with being black in a negative way in this country or in the world. And I think that is, that is a, that is a dangerous, dangerous narrative to keep putting out into the world. And I know the world is ugly and I know the world is reflecting on this, but still to have, if you only view it, if you're seeing it in real life and then you're seeing it in your, in your entertainment and your, in your media, like, that is that that is almost too much. That's that's over sensory. That's sensory overload right there. And I think it becomes very harmful to yourself if you just keep seeing these images. Yes, you must know about the struggle. Yes, you must know about the hardships and what we went through and the sacrifices that have been made. Yes, some stories require because that was a part of the story. But yeah. not all story requires that. Not every single film or comic book or book that features a black character has to deal directly with race and i just saw some of the comments like let's see i i i understand it but i don't respect it and no it's not it's not impossible it's impossible to have a black character a black superhero that doesn't directly address racism because racism is institutionalized and for him to ignore that 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 you know color is not a thing means that it's a, it's a it's it's not realistic and the character hates itself because and all this other jazz and like yeah. you said there was a lot of there's a lot of name calling not directly but kind of indirectly insults on the poster who asked can you have a black superhero black superhero who doesn't directly address racism and it's fiction it's fictional so <laughs> it's, it's not real you could if it doesn't pertain to your story, why not? You know, like, I think it's just, it, 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 we shouldn't have to ask these, yeah, we should ask these questions, but I don't think it needs to be so one-noted, like, yeah, if he's not black, that character is not black if it doesn't recognize racism. It's not a real black character. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Why, why do we have to limit ourselves, you know? And at the end of the day, like, okay, I, you know, I went to work this morning. Uh, I got pulled mm-hmm. over because we all know why I got pulled over. You know, I, I won't. I was running one mile over the speed limit, but since I was a nice car, uh, since I was in a nice car and I was black at the same time, like they pulled mm-hmm. me over. Yeah, I went to work, whatever. Lost, you know, say I, I lost my job or something like that because <laughs> because some type of. Uh, issue I had with somebody else, which I was right, but since I was black, I was wrong, and then I got basically let go, whatever. And I finally get home, and next thing you know, um, I I finally just sit down. I'm already stressed out. I open up the comic book, and then next thing you know, I see more stuff that, that shows my pain and stuff of being black in America. It's like, God, dang, it's like you cannot escape. You can't it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to limit ourselves and to basically like cut off the the escapism of going into the books into the to the fantasy of again just a character that looked like us to be saving the world and doing all this other stuff not because of our skin color but you know just this a coming into a fun comic book like why can't we have it why can't all the other races have it but we can't have it like yeah like yes it's there. You know, we we don't have to mention it. We don't have to mention it. But at the same time, 
we don't have to center all our stories around it. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's it's just it's really tough, man, because um the people that's talking in that comment section that's raging and stuff like that, bruh, it's it's all it's all it's all hate, man. Like they all angry and they have every right to be angry. But every time people bring up that subject, they start thinking like, look, man, they they basically target their anger towards the people that's bringing up that topic. Yeah, you ever been mad at somebody or you've been upset at work, but you come home and the next thing you know, somebody that lived with you, you take out your anger on them. That's basically how it is. <laughs> so, yeah, these, these comment sections be on wildfire, just like you described, man. You on point. You ain't telling no lie, dog. Yeah, so... At, at the end of the day, man, we gotta be mature about this stuff, man. Actually, start answering these questions and figure out why are we so angry? Why do we have to really put these this stuff into our comic book? Is it really because we're angry because we're holding on to all this this hatred and stuff, or is it, you know, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to even talk about this myself, man? Because I mean, I'm still upset about certain things that's going on in America. And it's kind of hard to separate that stuff, but I'm training my mind not to cloud myself with that that hatred and anger and stuff like that. And I'm trying to be more forgiving and stuff like that, even though a lot of this, these people don't deserve to be forgiven. But if God can forgive me for all this other stuff, I'm pretty sure I can forgive them. But anyways, that's that's a whole other topic. Um as far as as far as these people in the comic section uh, in the comic section uh comment section i feel like they need to start asking themselves the questions of why do they need that like why do they feel to the, the see that you know what i'm saying in the in the comics or whatever you know um that stuff that has been ignored for for decades in this industry and to take it out in this matter especially on our brothers i don't feel like it's right even no. though it's been ignored. But at the same time, I feel like we need to uh, start moving, finally moving forward <laughs> past that stuff. We need to finally move <laughs> forward and actually start empowering ourselves and stop putting negative stuff in our comics like that and where we can put inspiring stuff that, that brings us to the next level and stop being and making ourselves so limited. You know, like... Seeing slavery in the in the comics is gonna always make myself my day even worse. But having yeah. something that's gonna inspire me, like Superman did to everybody, like Spider-Man did to me when I was a kid and stuff, growing up, like how this man overcame his bills and all this other stuff that's going on, and he still chose other people to save again. With great power um comes great responsibility. Instead of choosing his love life and stuff like that, he chose to save that person but ruin his love life. I'm like, dang, man, like, I need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> inspirational. In the black comic book community. I, instead of like, look, man, I hate this dude because he he treated me this way or because he looked the way I, he looked and he treated me the way because of how I look. Like, bro, forget all that stuff. Let's Let's start actually telling other stories. Like we had those stories already. We had those. Let's let's do some new stuff, bro. You know, like this is nothing against those other people who make those stories. Continue making those stories if you want to. 
But at the same time, don't knock, don't knock the people who are creating other stories on the outside of that. You know. So yeah, but that's that's how I feel. That's all opinion, man. Shoot, dude, man. Like now, I mean, it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unfold. I think it's just dangerous how we feel like that's the only compelling thing about us. Yeah. Is pain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? That's it. That's the only thing that's the draw. Pain, suffering, depression. Yeah. That's it. We're more than that, man. Come we on. deserve more than that. Come on. And for a fictional character, a fictional, purely made up character, someone pure creation, a superhero just wants to save the day. It doesn't deal with race. And oh, you're a coon for even thinking about that. Like, well, it's so quick, man, to bring down our people, bro. Instead of him, he was just asking a serious question, like, yo, like, they really have to have that in it. Like, no, nah, you're a cool if you think otherwise. Like, God, that, yo, chill. Everybody got a different opinion on it. Like, stop. <laughs> Good Lord, man. That brother was just a question, man. And he was trying to learn, you know, like, yo, seriously, answer this question. What do you, what can you find within yourself that makes you feel this way? And instead of trying to answer that question, he just like, man, look, long story short, you're a, you're a cool. You need to stop <laughs> doing all this stuff. Like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. it's messed up. It is messed up. It is messed up how, like, it's an honest question, and we kind of bring each other down when, when it comes to these topics and these discussions. And I, I just got to say, man, it's, it's, it's really... It should be an open discussion, and it should it shouldn't be so blatantly like, yeah, they can't, no, they need to deal with racism. Like, well, why not? Why not in the made up in this reality? Why? Sure, you can you can have a storyline where they have to deal with some of it. There has to be some acknowledgement of it, but the whole story isn't centered about it. The main conflict of your story isn't racism. <laughs> you know, it stopped the supervillain. Yeah. But yes, there might be uh there might be an acknowledgement of racism in play to get something, but it's not the main problem of the story. It's not the main, you know, problem of the book. And I'll be honest with you, I know this is gonna make people kind of pissed off, but when Sam Wilson became Captain America in the comic books, I was like, cool, great, awesome. And after Rick Remender had his run and all new Captain America, Nick Spencer took over, I'll be honest, his whole run dealt with racism, which, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, it's cool. It's Black Cap. He's going to deal with racism. But that's all he was able to deal was racism. He didn't have a cool kick-ass storyline of him just saving the world besides Rick Remender's run or in the yeah. Avengers books. So his whole storyline was centered around racism that he couldn't even really be Captain America. He had to be Captain America dealing with racism. And I, I, I know I'm gonna get hate for that. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but I think it was not uh I, I think it kind of hurt his run as cap. I yeah. think it was too much built on that that he couldn't just you couldn't just let him breathe and be heroic and be, you know what I'm saying, be heroic and be kick ass and cool. And have that really cool defining moment as Captain America. You had him deal with protesters and rioters and police, and you're not worthy of the shield and this and this and that. And it's like, 
It's cool for the first three, four. You went on like 10 plus issues about the same issue. And it's like, I, I toned out and I was excited for it. And I, and I toned out after all because it was just too much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Too much of the same shit. So I think creatively, if we keep pulling that shit, like that's, that's, that's bad, man. That almost, that just keeps creating these stories of the same thing. Same old thing of I'm in pain, I'm in agony, I'm getting whooped by the police, I'm getting whooped by my slave master, I'm getting whooped by my community. Like, we have got to expand our creativity here and tell some decent stories without all that noise in it. Uh, you know, like, I just, you know, you have a new book coming out and it's like, oh, there's a black character. Gotta deal with racism. New movie with a black character. <laughs> Gotta deal with racism. Like, that's, that's, we gotta stop painting ourselves in the corner. <laughs> and the police as a super villain is that that's 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 overused now i'm sorry like using the police as like a super villain as a villain type like i get it we used the kkk superman fought the kkk black panther fought the kkk batman fought the k you know playing people fought the kkk and you know that's fine fighting the police but it can't be just constant it just like, it just this... becomes just so, like, boring, in my opinion. <laughs> Don't wear it out. Like, we, you already did, seriously. But as far as, um, let, let's let's do a comparison towards the static origin and the new static origin. Oh, let's shit. Here we go. Let's do it. Have mercy, boy. Harry. Here we go. I'm afraid for you, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure we already digged our own graves anyways, because, yeah. you know, as soon as you say something that people don't agree with, it's like, man, ban this man, uh, kill his career. Well, he has a family to provide for. No, kill his career. <laughs> like, we don't agree with the same thing. Kill it. Anyways, um, as far as the the new origin versus the old origin, uh, what, what was the big difference? The big difference was a Black Lives Matter protest and him kind of and the his origins, he had the opportunity to take someone's life and he didn't. He chose to do the right thing and he didn't take out his bully's life because he felt threatened by him. And this new origin, he just attends a Black Lives Matter protest and gets the gas thrown on him. And then that's that. On the old, he was in a kind of like a gang warfare type deal and had the opportunity to take out a bully and he didn't. And then the cops showed up and threw the tear gas that had the chemical to give him the powers. The big bang. Yep. So, I mean, just going off of what you just said, bro, like, that's that's my whole point. Like, I related so much more to the old origin. And anybody relate so much more to the old origin versus the one that we just got. Like, yo, come on, bro. Like, let's let's <laughs> let's be more than this, bro. Like yeah. the whole gang and stuff like that. Like, bro, anybody can be in poverty and join a gang and stuff like that because they feel well any type of way. You know, like not only right. black gangs. You know, what I'm saying you got a mafia that's Italian, German. It, we got all these other. Yeah, Asians, like, we got all these other people that can join a gang. So, gang is not exclusive to the blacks. So, <laughs> yeah, like, 
other people have their own reasons to join gangs and stuff like that. And, you know, Virgil Hawkins had to go through that. So, but this new origin is just like, bruh, here you go. Black Lives Matter. And, like, I know, I understand they're trying to grow with the times and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, like, like let's let's get deeper than this. You know, we, we talked about this whole Black Lives Matter and stuff. Like, again, there's more pain that we, we got we, we to gotta deal with. And I just feel like we can we can do so much more better than that, man. I feel like uh, I, I don't know. Again, when I say I feel like <laughs> is what I feel. It's how I feel. Everybody else like the origin and stuff. That's cool with y'all. How I feel about it. and how I feel about it is that I'm just gonna have to stick with the original. Yeah, I mean he I feel about he had a Peter Parker moment. Anyone can relate to. I have someone who's bothering me. And I'm getting to the point where I want to I want to do physical harm on them. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. the point where you have an opportunity to take their life away from them, to snuff them out. And the fact that he didn't show that good person in him, to show that heroic Peter Parker as quality to him. Yeah. So his new version, he just showed up to the show. He just showed up and like, oh shit, I got gassed on on me. I'm I'm heroic now. I'm a superhero. Well, the yeah. first the origin had some sort something that everyone can kind of relate to taking out taking out your aggression on your bully you know everyone's gotten bullied at some point you know either be your boss high school whatever even at friends at some point you're like damn i wish i could do something and virgil had the opportunity to do something he didn't take it and i think that's something anyone anyone and everyone can kind of relate to in their lives but this new version like you said the black lives matter and i understand they're trying to update it, but that almost feels like a first draft of the script. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what, if I was to write the Static Shock uh, Origins, like this, I would feel like that wasn't good enough. I would feel like, yeah, I got to do something else. I would feel like that's like a rough draft idea. I don't feel like that's like a someone put some serious thought into it. You know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd be like, nah, this got to be something more. There's gotta be something extra. This isn't this isn't good enough. I'm not sure if that's just creative control on DC's part, or if that was actually the writer who's like, you know, no, this is good enough. I don't know. But again, like we gotta using that as a as a as a basic blank template for everything we do in comics and entertainment, that's not good. <laughs> that is not good, man. That that is it just gets redundant, it gets played out. And I think it limits, it hinders us as entertainers and storytellers, and it paints our legacies and it paints our abilities in one corner to where, hell, maybe one day or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, DC wants to hire me or you for to write a book, a, a miniseries, and they give us a black character, and we're like, well, we know what they want. <laughs> you know, and oh, it shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't feel like, damn, I know exactly tough. what the fuck they want me to write. You know, it's like if you write something different, it's like, man, yeah, you want you want it for the job. So, skid out, oh, like, dang, that's it. Gotta hurt though, like for real. It's like right in front of our faces, man. I feel halfway disrespected as well. You know, like, look, that's that's all I am to y'all is like this. Black dude dealing with all these racist problems and all this. That's all I am to y'all. I'm not no, like, genius. 
or I'm not no um, dude who who chose other people over myself. I'm not this person that overcame these obstacles on my own just off of hard work. I'm not this person that um, that pushed this lady out the street <laughs> and got hit by the car and got back to life because I got a second chance. I'm not none of that stuff. All I am is, look, I've been through slavery. I've been through getting talked bad about with the police and stuff like that. Got arrested for no reason. I'm just, that's all I am. I'm just, if it's not, if it doesn't meet those, then basically I'm not going to ever get the job. So it's like, it's disrespectful, man. Like I know, I, I know plenty of, of people I've met that's more than what they depicted as the stereotypical types in the comic books. There are a lot more than that. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, oh boy, I don't know. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess, man. But uh, uh, you got anything else to say on the on the subject? Uh, let's let's just start really pointing the fingers, man, at our self worth. Um, we, we're worth more than this, man. You know, we, we're worth a lot more than what these books are allowing to be put out or allowing to be broadcast well we're more than that you know so if anybody that thinks that we're confined or limited to this stuff man we gotta we gotta check ourselves on it bro because it starts with us first and then and then it gets towards them because you know that's it's, it's hard to even put a word on it bro it's a touchy subject right here yeah no you're good man I think that uh, paints us into our corner and we become one dimensional figures if we keep continue this type of storytelling for the next 5, 10, 20 years. And I think that it does more harm than good if we just look at ourselves as one dimensional beings of one kind of story and one kind of pain and one kind of storyline for victory is to have the battle every time systematic racism and it's it's honestly not going to do more it's going to do more harm than good in the long run and i hope we can get together as a people to view these storylines and to see them for what they're worth and to not just rely on them as a crutch for every single opportunity to be creative yes sir